Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And welcome in. We are here. The madness is upon us. It's conference tournament weekend. Welcome in to BetQLU for what is the most wonderful time of the year. I promise I'm not going to sing it this time because the last time I sang it, there was a thing, a server crashed, something overheated, people rioted. I don't know. It didn't turn out well. I'm not singing this week, but I still have my friends here with me. I still got RJ Choppy. I still got Kayla Canaram. And friends, we've still got the conference tournaments and then Selection Sunday laid out in front of us. So welcome into the fun. How are we this weekend? How many screens do we have set up at home? How many different ways are we watching all of these games, RJ? Uh, with with just absolutely no regard for my thumb on the remote control. <laughs> all right, this is there is there's a hundred percent chance this is a carpal tunnel weekend for me. Um, <laughs> I, I think that this is as good of a week uh, as as next week is. To be honest with you, there's there, now obviously. You know, the stakes aren't the same, but the entertainment value is certainly there. Uh, I, I I love it. I love this time of year. Uh, March Madness, baby. It is it is where it's at. Kayla, are you are you doing the like the thumb war workouts? Did, did anybody else thumb wrestle when you were little kids in elementary school? One, two, three, yes. four. I declare a thumb war. Declare thumb war. Shake. Go. Uh-huh. Go. Yes. Exactly. So um, have you been working out the thumbs? <laughs> The thumbs are ready to go. I don't have a multiple TV setup situation, but I've got one downstairs, one upstairs. Can watch on my phone. So there's three screens. Um, but no, yeah, this week and weekend kicks off what is going to be what a month long of nonstop basketball. So I'm excited. I'm ready for it. It's the best time yep, of year. You're right. We're here for it. Of course, you can listen to us live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get the show as soon as we're done with it and uh, listen to it. Of course, you can watch it on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL and on YouTube as well. Just go to YouTube and search Odyssey Sports. Uh, Let's start with the first ever preseason number one to miss the NCAA tournament. North Carolina, most likely going to miss the tournament, uh, bounced in the ACC tournament. And uh, I've talked about this with with friends a lot over the last week, people who aren't necessarily fans of the Duke-UNC rivalry, Duke blowing out Pitt 
uh, in their first ACC tournament game before moving on uh, to the conference tournament uh, quarter uh, uh, semifinals. Pardon me. But is this a bad sign, guys? Do you think for the future of not just the Duke North Carolina rivalry, but uh, in what has been a down year for the ACC? Is it a bad sign for the top of the ACC conference, or maybe just? a blip on the radar and Hubert Davis and John Shire will have the rivalry back uh, in good shape in no time. Kayla, I'll start with you. A bad sign for the ACC that UNC falls out of the tournament as a preseason number one. It's not a great look. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you, but you know, and especially with what we saw last year in the championship game, going from that to this, um, I'm hoping it's just a blip. I'm hoping it's just a down year, that sophomore slump um, for Hubert, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I've said it all season. It's sad when these blue bloods, these teams that we expect to see at the top and in the tournament every year have a down year. Um, It's not great for the ACC, but I'm hoping it's just like a one off thing and then we'll see them back and ready to go next year. But yeah, it's it's going to be weird if they don't get in, which by all accounts, they won't. So definitely strange. I did not see that coming. RJ, you're a fan of chaos. I know that. You you love this, don't you? I love it. Absolutely love this. Uh, you know, usually I want the blue bloods in. Um, you know, I, I like the cute little upsets, but I want them, I want the little guy gone by the end of the second weekend. I don't want to see uh, you know, my final fours all messed up. Uh, but so I like the blue bloods generally. But however, seven said that, I do like chaos and I do like to see. You know, teams like Carolina, who I grew up, I grew up as a Carolina fan, and I went to college. I, I found the error of my ways at 18 years old. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I, I root against them now, and I think one the one thing that this shows is, you know, players go to play for coaches; they don't go to play for schools. Now, you might get the one off of the legacy player. The legacy player will always go to the school that that you know, mom or dad played at, uh, who was you know a legend at that place who knows right so they got the legacy players but for the most part you know you're gonna go find a way to follow that great coach you know nobody went to boston college it's a umass before coach cal they went to go play for cal then they went to go play at memphis for cal then they go to play kentucky for cal um you know and the same thing a lot of places i i firmly have always believed that players play for coaches not for schools and that's you know if carolina struggles for a couple more years it's not because they're not going to play for Carolina it's because they're not going to play for Hubert Davis well one but guy who recruits won't be going to play for anymore up in <laughs> up up upstate New York Jim Beheim. uh uh this happened on Wednesday after their loss in the second round of the ACC tournament go ahead Jake well, I gave my retirement speech on the court last Saturday and I gave it in the press conference afterwards and nobody except William Payne figured it out. You're going to retire? This is up to the university. You you want to come back? I didn't say that. Uh, Okay, but so what are you saying? You're not saying you're retiring, but you're not saying... I just said it. I don't know. So you don't know? Okay. I said this is up to the university. And you're not sure whether you're... How will you make a determination about when you will come back? You're talking to the wrong guy. I apologize, but I'm just a little confused. Do you want to come back, or did you just announce your retirement without actually announcing your retirement? No, I said it's up to the university. They have to make their decision, and it's up to them. I hope we can come to a good agreement, but, I mean, that remains to, to be seen. All right? Is that clear? Clear as, clear as I can make it. 
That's as clear as I can make it. Okay. Clear as mud, Jim. Thank you very much. The university cleared everything up about an hour later and said, listen, pal, we've had enough, okay? We've had enough of you jerking us around. We've had enough of you trying to run this place like it's the University of Bayheim. You're retiring. You're done. It's Adrian uh, Autry's turn. He's going to take over. But it was classic, classic Jim Bayheim going out in this muddy manner, this maneuver to try and still somehow hang on for dear life, his fingernails in the cliff like Wiley Coyote as he slides off into irrelevance, not that he wasn't there already. Jim Beheim is no longer the head coach at Syracuse University. The world of college basketball is a better place for it, and just the sports world in general is a better place. Guys, you know how much I love Jim Beheim. Thank God it's finally over, our long national nightmare. A guy who has one national championship to his name in the last 45 years can get out of the way. I got that off my chest. (laughs) RJ, uh, is Syracuse going to be better or worse for this, in all seriousness? I think they'll end up being better for it, that Jim Boeheim is now finally out of the way. Look, I, I would say that the next 47 years will probably be worse than the last 47, but that the next four years will be better than the last four years. Like, how about that? Mm, right? Okay. You know, I, 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 the, the, the worst thing about this is I was forced to defend Jim Beheim on the radio this week. Because my co-host said he's not an all-time great coach. He didn't deserve to be there that long. And I'm like, brother, like all this dude does was make sweet 16s and elite eights and stuff. Like, he... he He's a legitimate all-time great. I hate him. He's the Dabo of college hoops. He's always got something to say about paying players mm-hmm. when he has no problem taking all the money that he wants. Uh, but you That know, man I, slid I was... more envelopes under more tables oh. than how many other head coaches. He was, he was part of the problem. I know. The moment the New York point guard became an irrelevant human, which is what happened to the New York City point guard, they just died out. They stopped. You know, they don't make him anymore. That's when his program started to torpedo itself. Um, you know, he he made this into a destination job from an ECAC school. Like he deserves all the credit. I don't believe that you should fire a guy who's been there forty-seven years. When someone's been there forty-seven years, you you have given you have for, you have like you know forfeited the right to move on from them. That's now their decision. Um, but I'm glad it happened to this dude because I don't care for he's my he for you he's sister Jean to me. That's what he is. And so you don't like him. <laughs> and I, I can do away with her. But uh, look, he is an insufferable you-know-what. He he has just got something to say about everything. He's, in my opinion, he hangs on to past glory. And past glory from far too long. You point out all the Sweet 16s, and you're right. He went to a bunch of Sweet 16s, was a powerhouse for a while, and made Syracuse a place where kids from New York wanted to go to play basketball, right? I mean, they wanted to go five hours up the road from home, the middle of what might as well be Antarctica. Uh, It's just barren, snow-covered wasteland for six months out of the year, and kids wanted to go there. And and you know what? I'll give Jim Beheim credit for that. But Kayla, you're much more measured and and logical than RJ and I. You're not going to go off on a rant about Sister Jean or a rant about Jim Beheim. Maybe bring us back to center here and tell us why we shouldn't necessarily why this why this is is good or bad for for Syracuse going forward. Well, I do go on rants about KU, so we have that in common. <clears throat> there you um, go. We all have our thing, guys. 
We do. Um, yeah, I think it was time to move on. Yes, it's an, the end of an era. Like, I mean, the guy did amazing things at Syracuse. He had a record of 1,015 and 441 over his career. That's pretty good. He took Syracuse to the NCAA tournament 35 times, advancing to the final four and five trips, winning the national title in 20, 2003. I mean, he he turned the program around. As you said, he made Syracuse a destination for for people when it wasn't that way before. But with all eras, they come to an end. And I think it was just time to move on from him. I'm excited to see what the new coach is going to do at Syracuse, get some, you know, younger blood in there. And um, yeah, I don't know. The, the, I'm still very confused by the press conference. Did he get fired or did he? <laughs> it was so unclear. It was so un- I I don't get it. It was it was classic it, it, classic Bayheim in my opinion anyway in that he tried one last power play by sort of leaving it out there that maybe he wasn't walking away or wasn't being maybe shoved out the side door that the university would just kind of let things lie and maybe he'd just show up at his office tomorrow morning and everything would be okay but in essence the announcement like an hour after that press conference of no we're we're good was kind of like the deactivation of his key card. He showed up and he held it up against the door and it went beep, but it didn't unlock the door and it just went beep. And he, he realized, oh, I'm done now. Okay. Um, so Jim Beheim done at Syracuse. Kindly who, pushed out. <laughs> yeah, just, you know what, Jim? Yeah, it's out the side door with you. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm fine, totally fine with that. Um, the top... Five teams. Let's move on now to the teams that are still playing. The top five teams in BetMGM's national championship odds all have legitimate arguments to be made for being a number one seed. You've got Purdue eleven to one to win the national championship. UCLA nine to one to win the national championship. Houston six to one. KU eight to one. Bama also eight to one. So. I'll ask you first, RJ, of those five teams, which one does not end up getting a number one seed, in your opinion? Who are our four one seeds when we wake up on Monday morning? I had the four one seeds are Bama, Kansas, sorry, Kayla, Houston, and Purdue. I, I think those are the four ones. Um, I, man, UCLA is a tough one. They're, I do think in some form the committee might, make them a one just to have a presence on the in the West region. Because it also yeah. would not be fair to the overall let's let to let's just say the one seed out west. It would not be fair to the one seed out west um to have to have UCLA as the two and basically get a home game. Yeah, that's not see that wouldn't be fair um to that one seed. So I think they might right. make them a one, but I'll say the four most deserving the is the Houston, Purdue, Kansas, and Bama. Kayla, who do you have as your four ones? Who's that the one team from those five <laughs> we just mentioned? Bama, Kansas, Houston, Purdue, UCLA, who gets bumped to the two line. I think it's gonna be Purdue. Um, I know UCLA <clears throat> is uh down Jalen Clark, but I don't know. I just think that UCLA's dominance has been stronger, especially the last few games of the season. Um, we'll see what happens with the Pac-12 tournament, but I think it's Purdue that's going to be a two seed. Yeah, I, I think I'm curious to see, you know, we're, we're talking about this on Friday afternoon, just for full disclosure. We'll see how the Big 12 tournament wraps up uh, throughout the rest of the weekend. I'm interested to see what happens with Kansas, and we know the Big 12 is a gauntlet, and if they should fall before 
the Big 12 championship game. Does that affect them? Or do they kind of have a free pass because they're without Bill Self this weekend? I think I tend to lean towards UCLA falling to the two line and Bama, Kansas, Houston, Purdue getting the one seeds. But again, Purdue or UCLA, I could go either way unless Kansas were to fall early in the Big 12 tournament. I don't necessarily give them the excuse of, oh, they're without self. Um, Mm -hmm. They shouldn't they shouldn't still win out uh, in the Big 12 tournament. I I think I think if they should fall early before getting to the championship game, the conference championship game, I would dock them for that. and Maybe drop them down to the two. We will see how it shakes out throughout the weekend. We got a grudge match of sorts here on BetQLU coming up that we have to talk about. We've got at least half a dozen teams that have clinched bids into the tournament already. Those automatic qualifiers and those small conferences, we'll touch on some of them as well. And which of those teams on the top four seed lines are we not necessarily that confident in? We have some worries about some of them, maybe. We'll dive into that as well. And uh, yeah, we've got a snake draft on the way before we wrap things up today, too. We've got to pick national championship contenders. It's all coming up on the conference tournament weekend edition of BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Live coast to coast on the BetQL Network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash BetQL, and on YouTube, just search Odyssey Sports. Welcome in to BetQLU alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. Uh, We're going to do a little bit, one of our famous snake drafts coming up before we wrap things up. It'll be the last thing we do today uh, to pick our national title contenders. We'll each take four. It'll go Kayla, RJ, me. I'll take two. Then we'll snake back around to Kayla for two more. It's just like you do for your fantasy drafts with your friends, except we'll be drafting teams to win the national championship. Uh, Is one program still attractive for possible coaching candidates as they've got an opening now? We'll get into that in just a few moments as well. And we're going to take a look at two different sides of the coin. Small conference automatic qualifiers that we may have a soft spot for. And big-time programs, teams that are in the top four seed lines or projected to be on the top four seed lines who we may not be all that confident in. But first, let's start with, look, as you're listening to this, dear listeners, you may be listening to it on Friday night or Saturday morning as you're getting ready for some of these conference championship games. Maybe even on Sunday. Who knows what will have taken place in the SEC tournament other than this much. We know that on Friday afternoon in the SEC tournament, there will be a grudge match, a BetQLU grudge match between number 17, Tennessee, RJ Choppy's Vols, <laughs> and number 25, Missouri, Kayla Canaram's Tigers. And That's I don't right. know if you two want to work out some sort of shame bet for this, if you want to just talk smack for a moment, if you want to uh, mean mug and point fingers at each other, I, I'm going to just cede the floor to you two. Kayla, I know you have, when it comes to Mizzou, 
you do not hold back. You pull no punches. So by all means, go after RJ if you'd like. Well, yes, this is going to be old news by the time this airs. But um, we got to get it I out mean, of the way, though. We got to air our grievances here. Well, look what Mizzou did to Tennessee in the regular season. I mean, we won buzzer beater. It was epic. Um, and I'm all for it happening again. Tennessee is not the team we thought they were. They had a bumpy end of the season, um, really into the half of the season. So Tennessee is a fraud and Mizzou is going to come out on top. Ooh, ooh, fraud, fraud, RJ. Huh. His favorite word. Oh, listen. <laughs> How do you respond to these accusations? Uh, listen, uh, we, we did not have the season, uh, the end of the season that, uh, that we had predicted. Uh, injuries have plagued this team, including uh, Zakai Ziegler. I don't know how I don't know how Tennessee's a five and a half point favorite in this game. I have no idea. Uh, but Same. you know that, that's okay. That's okay. You know, she can hang her hat on a thirty foot leaning buzzer beater uh, prayer that that Missouri had <laughs> earlier this year. I mean, you can hang your hat on that or not. Uh, you know, I, I do believe that comes Saturday. Um, I'm going to enjoy Saturday either way. That's the beauty of this. I'm either going to have a game to watch or I'm going to have a free day. That One of the, one of the two things is going to happen. Uh, <laughs> look at, look, at, look at RJ trying to rationalize a future yeah. tennis loss already. So as soon as, the, as soon as my team is out, I am out too. That's how it usually that works. That doesn't sound now, like not, confidence not, to me. No, yeah, well, it's, it's no. not. It's, it's not a whole lot of confidence. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a uh, sports trash talker uh, of sorts, but, uh, but here I will. Uh, and, and, you know, I still, I've never liked Missouri, that stupid big M they used to have with the small lettering. I just <laughs> never cared for that. Never cared for that at all. I always thought it was hokey. Um, uh, it just, it never, never was anything that, that really kind of resonated with me. Uh, so I'm out on Mizzou. I, I hope they have a long flight back wow. to where, where do they, where do they, where do they come from Columbia. I hope they have a long flight back, uh, back to Columbia, uh, to that, you know, it's a flyover Ooh. state country. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was born in Columbia, and orange is an ugly color and doesn't look good on anybody. What? Oh, my God. Oh, no. See, Missouri's had too much good fortune of late. I mean, the Chiefs are just dominant, okay? You guys can't win at everything. Let us have our – let us have something. Let us have something, okay? You know, He's got a point, Kayla. They have have nothing else in Tennessee. So pick something else. (laughs) It's it, well, it, it's it's also not football apparently either. Uh, that, that, we don't we don't have that either. So who knows? You have but, Nashville, uh, I mean, the country music capital of the world. We do, we do, we do, we do have Nashville. Uh, it's a great city, Nash Vegas, Knox Vegas. Okay, we've got them all. We have all the Vegases in one state. I mean, we got John Morant in state as well. I mean, that's kind of cool. Let's maybe pump the brakes on on the John maybe Morant right now. Let's, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of things to stay. <laughs> oh, okay. Zach, our producer's even throwing shade, saying that Mizzou's not a real SEC school. Well, that's that's true. Yes, it's we are. not a real SEC. I'm pretty sure school. we're in the conference. It's not that. No, yeah, yeah I know. I mean, it's it's a little weird. Why? How are you in the East? Have, did, did they not go to? <laughs> did they not? I go don't to make the rules. Geography. Like in 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 Birmingham at the at the at the league office. Did they not go to geography class? 
Like, that's I, not how I you knew this would end. I knew this would end with everybody taking shots at Alabama somehow. This is works <laughs> out. Every something everybody in the SEC can agree on. Shots at Alabama. Absolutely. All right. You two settle this after we're done. Enough enough shade has been rubbed in both directions. Um, let's talk about some of these small schools whose conference champs have already been crowned, or at least their automatic bids have already been decided. Uh, Kennesaw State, UNC Asheville, Drake, Fairleigh Dickinson, Southeast Mizzou, Furman, Oral Roberts, Louisiana, Montana State, Charleston, NKU, Colgate, Texas A&M, Corpus, uh, all in, all projected as 11 seeds at the best, but mostly 15s, 14s, 15s, and 16s. So if you have to adopt a dog here, uh, one of these small school teams who may go on a St. Peter's type run, who are you guys interested in? I'm for my money. I'm going with Texas A&M Corpus Christi based on nothing else other than uh, I went to Corpus Christi once for a long weekend with my family and had some fantastic shrimp. So there you go. I have no basketball reasoning for it whatsoever, but I'll go with A&M Corpus. RJ, small school that you're going to adopt. Who do you got? Uh, you know what? I'm going to adopt uh, Oral Roberts. I think I'm going to adopt Oral okay. Roberts. Uh, they've got, they're probably going to have the best player on the floor in a lot of these games, which means they got a good chance to win. Uh, so Oral Roberts is the team that I'm going to adopt. They, too, would be able to beat Missouri head up. Just don't say. <laughs> oh, jeez. Kayla, who's your, who's your small school team you want to adopt for the next couple of weekends, hopefully? Well, surprising no one, I'm going to go with the home state team, uh, the SEMO oh, Redhawks, going 19 and 16 in the Ohio Valley Conference. Let's have some fun going, yeah, with the um, okay. home state team. I wish they were projected as a 15. That would make me feel slightly better for a Cinderella runner upset. Being a 16 seed would be tough, but it's been done nonetheless. Shout out UMBC Retrievers. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, got to go with got to go with SEMO uh, uh, for this one. Do they also, RJ, I'm not sure if you're aware, do they also have a big dumb M as their logo, as you called Mizzou's big dumb M? So I, I don't know. I don't know what they have, but I do know that Missouri grads call Kansas grad boss at some point in their life. <laughs> <laughs> she we might not talk fighting. to us the rest of the show. <laughs> How do you like your coffee, Kansas grad? Uh, Not until we beat them man. in the tournament. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, let's talk about some of the teams <laughs> whose odds aren't quite as long to go on a run. Let's talk about, uh, as we look at the bracket matrix right now, top four seed lines. We talked about the ones, right? We talked about Bama, Kansas, Houston, Purdue, UCLA being right on that line, a high two as well. Texas Baylor Zona as of Friday afternoon also projected as two seeds. Gonzaga, Marquette, K State, Tennessee all projected as threes. And then the fours right now projected to be Yukon, Xavier, Indiana, and Virginia. So if we take those 16 right now, the teams projected to be on the top four lines, as you guys look at it, do you have a team in there that concerns you more than any of the others? Right? Like I look at Baylor. The way they lost in the Big 12 tournament, I'm not quite sure if they aren't one of those Big 12 teams who's just been beaten around throughout the course of the regular season that maybe a long run isn't in their future. Marquette doesn't especially impress me either. Um, but if, if I'm leaning one way or the other, I don't know. I, I 
Baylor might be the team that I could see maybe not getting bumped in the first round, but maybe they don't sneak through to the Sweet 16. Uh, RJ, is there a team on the top four seed lines as it's projected right now that you have your doubts about? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a Tennessee fan. This is what we have. This is what we do. We 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 disappoint. <laughs> uh, they are absolutely the team. Uh, they lost their best defensive player, and they're a defense first team with no offense. They they are absolutely the top four seed line, most likely to lose in the first round, in my opinion. I don't I don't see I don't even see a, a remote second place finisher uh, in this. They are clear. If if one of those is going to lose, I think they're clearly the team to do it. So he talks all this smack, Kayla, and then he comes back around and and hedges. Yeah. Hey, going to be honest. (laughs) Well, that was going to be my pick, too, for obvious reasons. I mean, (laughs) of course. um, Take else to Florida, to Vanderbilt, to Mizzou, to Kentucky, to A&M, to Auburn. Yeah. Tennessee is not showing us a lot right now. So I would go with them. I also agree with you about what you said with Baylor. That was kind of weird and not something I saw coming. So they are giving me a bit of a scare, but for sure, Tennessee. Baylor, like I said, worries me because of everything. And you could make this argument about any team that's going to make the tournament from the big 12, probably in all honesty is just everything they've had to go through to get to this point. And then I find myself making the exact opposite argument about the big East teams. When I look at Marquette and UConn and, and Xavier. So I'm probably arguing against myself here. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm full of conflicts, um, but I, I, I think both arguments make sense in that if you haven't really been tested all that much in the regular season, what happens when you do hit that first significant speed bump in the NCAA tournament? But then conversely, if all you've hit are speed bumps, are you just falling to pieces as you rapidly approach the finish line? And that would be the case for these big 12 teams. I guess with that said, what what... If you have to choose a path to the NCAA tournament, like when you're sitting down filling out your brackets on Monday morning, will you be inclined to go with the teams that have had to scratch and fight and claw for everything to this point? Or will you be more inclined to go with a team? Like I think the perfect road is maybe if you're UCLA or Arizona coming out of the Pac-12. You've had enough cupcakes on the schedule. You've had enough soft underbelly to your conference that you've been able to make hay against those teams. But you've also had a couple decent teams at the top of the conference who you've had to fight it out with. RJ, is is there is there a conference that you look at right now and say, no, it's an advantage to come from that conference or a disadvantage to come from that one? I mean, I, I think teams that have been tested throughout the year uh, I, you know, I, I kind of would, I would, I would side with them that, that I would rather come from the Big Twelve uh, than say Houston's road in the AAC. You know, Houston hasn't had to play mm-hmm. a ton of last-minute, you know, tight, close games where they've got to figure things out. They haven't had an inbounds pass with four seconds to go uh, or seven seconds to go, maybe uh, multiple times having to have that final possession, you know, to take the lead, win the game, tie it up, whatever. Uh, they haven't had that road, whereas a Kansas, whereas a team like a Texas or a Baylor, the Big 12, they've, they've had that. Uh, so I do kind of favor that. Uh, honestly, though, like, you know, when, when I'm filling out my bracket next week, I love one seeds that didn't play on Sunday of this week. You have a mm. short turnaround. You play four games in a row. You end on Sunday. and You got to play on Thursday, half the cap, halfway across the country. That's tough. <laughs> I love one seeds that lose on Saturday, man. Just get out in the semis, get your four days rest, and let's go. 
Although that's not good for those bubble teams. Those bubble teams don't want to see those those high seeds who may, you know, allow somebody else to sneak in and steal a bid with a conference tournament championship uh, losing early. Kayla, uh, which conference alignment, I guess, works best? Like when you sit down to fill out your bracket on Monday morning, will you look to advance Big 12 teams earlier or will you look to say, okay, if, uh, if we're talking uh, Virginia or Duke as the ACC champion, no. They haven't had to face as much during the regular season, so I'm going to push them through to the Sweet 16 more easily. Yeah, I mean, just going back to those number one seeded teams like Houston, like Purdue, I don't, I see the ones that have been more battle tested going farther in the tournament. Um, yes, Houston's record speaks for itself, but I think they're, I, I think they're going to get rocked um, by a team from a stronger conference. Purdue, while they're a good team, yes, they've. They've had significant losses. They've only played four ranked teams all season. Meanwhile, the Big 12's over there like, hold my beer. So I think that's definitely something we're going to see. But my favorite NCAA March Madness tradition is KU getting bounced at some point. Mark my words, you guys. Get your popcorn ready. 2015, lost to Wichita State in the second round. 2016, lost to Villanova in the Elite Eight. 2017, lost to Oregon in the Elite Eight. 2018, lost to Villanova in the Final Four. 2019, lost to Auburn in the second round. No tournament in 2020. 2021, lost to USC in the second round. 2022, whatever. It's not going to happen for them back-to-back. <laughs> he just, just throws in 2022, whatever at the end. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, the petty is strong with this one. Alongside <laughs> Chairman RJ Choppy, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. We pick some of our favorites for the national championship coming up next. And there's another opening as well. We talked about Bayheim and Syracuse earlier. This guy we know for sure was fired, and we know for sure it may be an attractive opening to some big-name coaches. That next here on BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back into BetQLU. It is conference championship weekend around college basketball. Selection Sunday sitting there, right there on the horizon, just waiting for us and every college basketball fan. We're here for you every weekend as well, live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network. I'm Chris Mack. He's RJ Choppy. Kayla Canaram with us as well as on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. That's where you can watch the show. Don't forget inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You go there, you follow the show, and then you get new episodes as soon as they are ready to go. Four teams with better than 10 to 1 odds to win the national championship. Houston, 6 to 1. Kansas and Alabama, 8 to 1 at BetMGM. UCLA 9-1. to We will snake draft our favorites to win the national championship in just a couple of minutes before we wrap things up here on BetQLU, assuming Kayla has not hung up on her portion of the show because of the jokes we are making at the expense of Mizzou basketball. Uh, you've managed to handle us for this long, Kayla. I think you can hang on for another 10 or 12 minutes or so. Uh, you've, got the pa- you've got the patience to handle our nonsense, I think. Before we get into all that, though, 
Uh, Patrick Ewing out at Georgetown. Um, the question there is who's next, and we've got current odds, up-to-date odds, offshore as they may be, on who the next Georgetown head coach will be. Some of these names also being mentioned in St. John's circles. Um, Rick Pitino, minus 200 to be the next head coach at Georgetown. Mike Bray, 5-1. to one. Micah Shrewsbury of my Penn State Nittany Lions, six to one. Ed Cooley, Kevin Keats, eight to one. And then you get to 14 to one and beyond with some other names. But I ask you guys this. I grew up watching the old school Big East, being a, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, a Pitt fan, uh, as well as my Penn State fandom. But I grew up watching the Big East, and that was Pitt. And then that was all the, the small Catholic Big East schools, right? The Georgetowns, the Villanovas, the Providence, St. John's, Seton Halls of the world, even Marquette later on when they joined the Big East Conference for basketball. So I'll ask you two, uh, SEC fans, do you think these schools, Georgetown and St. John's in particular, still carry the same weight with these openings that they once did, Kayla? While they are rich in history, I don't feel like they are as big of a deal as they used to be. And I don't even, I mean, I feel like their dominance was when I was still pretty young. So I don't, I know mm-hmm. my dad's obsessed with the Big E schools and St. John's and all of that, but I, it's not something that I vividly remember. Um <laughs> But with conferences like the Big 12 and SEC dominating basketball lately, um, I feel like they're just kind of getting overshadowed, even by those ACC Blue Bloods. um, Sometimes the Big 10 shows up, Pac-12 teams. I just feel like they're getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. They're not team – like, they'll have good years for sure and make runs, but Mm -hmm. it's not like what we saw in years past. And um, especially, yeah, I think for whatever reason, the Big 12 seems to be taking over college basketball. But – they're just, yeah, not as flashy as they used to be, in my opinion. Villanova, Providence, Seton Hall, St. John's, Georgetown, RJ, do they still carry the same weight they, they, they did, say, 20 years ago? Well, Villanova certainly does, I think. I mean, they just showed they could be a powerhouse again uh, with Jay Wright when he was there. Uh, and, and they could be back. I mean, that's, that's a really good – it appears to be a really good job, a really good program. You know, the other ones, I mean, you know, St. John's, it's it, – you know. Seton Hall, uh, Prov- you know, Providence has had a decent run uh, of late as well. Uh, but some of them are just tough sells, tough sells to, to recruit to, uh, you know, and, and then a lot of them have, you know, maybe they may have some restrictions. You know, Notre Dame is, uh, and Stanford have always talked about academic restrictions, and I don't know if that's the case with, you know, St. John's or you know, with Georgetown or whatever. Um, you know, but, but I think Villanova is. I don't think the rest of them still – have the same they may not have the money the facilities you know when you're a private school yeah you could charge a lot for tuition but you're not getting that state funding that's so important uh you know they're th- these these major sec programs are building new facilities every year like it's it's insane basketball yeah. facility football i mean it's just insane i just don't think you can keep up with that especially with the value and the cost of land in some of these cities where the like in new york city where st john's is or Georgetown and D.C. I mean, that's just expensive areas. Yeah, it, it'll be curious to see. Uh, I, I think hiring a big name for Georgetown would help keep them on the radar longer, but I don't know if that's necessarily what's best for the actual basketball on the floor. You know, the Rick Pitino redemption arc going to Georgetown. I don't know if they're interested in that or not. Mike Bray does make a ton of sense if he's still interested in coaching, which, which it seems like he is, even though he's left Notre Dame. Uh, but it'll be something to keep an eye on as those schools continue to search for uh, to, to search for 
relevance, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, on the national stage. That being said, who's taking home the national title? We we gave you the odds on some of the top seeds, uh, teams that are ticketed for one seeds, or at least ticketed for two seeds who could sneak onto the one line. We like to do a snake draft every once in a while. It's fun. We, we pick teams and see... If we can make fun of each other later down the line, as we can all do for picking uh, for RJ picking North Carolina to go to the Final Four when we did this like three <laughs> months ago. Not that anybody <laughs> kept track of that and wrote it down. So we did I make fun of you like you yeah. did? Yeah. No. You yeah. did. Yeah. Oh, you sure man. It's right there in the oh. notes. Yeah, there <laughs> it is. No, I saw it. I saw it. Man. Oh, uh, yeah, it's down there. All right. Hey, well, yeah. let's let's do it again. All right. Yeah. Let's do it again. Akela, you'll go first. RJ will go second. We'll snake draft around. We'll each get four picks, okay? We each get four picks to win the national title heading into Selection Sunday before the brackets are even set. So there's that disclaimer. We won't have to wear it too hard in case we fall on our faces again. But let's get it going. Kayla, you get first overall pick. Who do you have? Oh, man. I'm going to do it. Do it. I did it it the last time. I'm going to go Alabama. Ah. I thought you were. I, gonna, I thought you were going to suck it up. I thought you were going to suck it up and say Kansas, but RJ, I'll Heck leave that to you no. if you want. <laughs> uh, I will not. Uh, I will not do Kansas. Uh, I, I guess I will go Houston. Okay, RJ goes with the uh, the small conference, uh, Houston, but one seed nonetheless. Uh, well, this is where I jump in. I've been saying it for weeks now that I think they're going to get it together just in time. And over the last couple of weeks, despite a, an ugly loss here or there, I think they have gotten it together. So give me Kansas. Uh, and then it's, since it's a snake draft, I get to go again. And so in addition to Kansas, give me UCLA. I really like the way they put things together over the last three to four weeks. Jaime Jaquez looks like he's hitting his stride. So Give me a couple of blue bloods, Kansas and UCLA. RJ, who you got next? Mm, uh, I will take uh, Purdue. Purdue. Okay, good call. They've been right there all year. Well, we could question maybe how they've played the last couple of weeks, but I don't think as long as you've got Zach Eady there who can basically, who, who looks down at the rim, I'm pretty sure, uh, you've got a shot. <laughs> Kayla, you get two picks now. Okay. Um, I'll go with the Texas. Okay. The Texas. Longhorns. Okay, I like it. The Texas. A, a, te- a Texas. Um, okay. Who has not been picked? Okay. Um, hmm. Maybe. Ooh. Do I say Arizona, Gonzaga? That's that's uh, look at your look I all your West Coast I teams there. Yeah, I need us to switch it up because we've got SEC, we've got Big Twelve. I'll go. I'll go Arizona, even though I feel like they always choke. Okay, all that right. was my pick. Very disappointed in that. I was gonna take them. <laughs> well, you can't no, take somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I'll take somebody else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me go with. Um, let me go UConn. Oh, okay. Not entirely off the board. So let's see. Kayla's got Bama, Texas, Zona. RJ's got Houston, Purdue, UConn. I've got Kansas, UCLA, and have to take my next two. Um, Jeez. You know what? It's never never 
bad to place a bet on Gonzaga come the month of March. So give me Gonzaga. And they've been just tearing up the Big Ten lately. Give me the team that seems to have Purdue's number. Give me Indiana. Indiana. Okay. All right. All right. So I get Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga, and Indiana. RJ, your final pick to go with Houston, Purdue, and UConn. Ken Palm would tell you you have no chance of winning with Indiana. I don't know if we believe Ken Palm or not, but I do. Uh, yeah, uh, Ken I can go... take his palms and... Yeah? Very nice. All right. Nothing. Uh, I, I don't believe this team has a chance to win the title, but they're, there's on, there's on, they, they fit the bill of the Ken Palm champions, so... Uh, give me my soon-to-be-out-in-the-first-round Tennessee Volunteers. Okay, yeah, you got to go homer. That's okay. Have to. Kayla, you're not going to take Missouri last, are you? <laughs> I really want to, just for fun. I, I know, uh, that's why I asked. Do I do that, or do I, do, do I be competitive and play the smart? Um, I, think, I think you be competitive so you can make fun of RJ later. I'll go with... Um, let's see. Do I say Baylor? Oh, they're still on the board. My picks somehow. Oh, I mean, we don't know regions, but, um, I'll go Baylor. Man, I've never heard someone sound more disappointed to have Baylor. Well, I don't feel very confident in them right now. And I really want to take Mizzou just as, just for funsies. (laughs) All right. Can we pick five? (laughs) No, you can't. (laughs) Oh, we're done. <laughs> uh, all right. Kayla gets Bama, Texas, Arizona, Baylor. RJ gets Houston, Purdue, Yukon, and Tennessee. I get Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga, and Indiana. We will, again, not use this as material to make fun of each other in a few weeks whatsoever. We would never do that. Three best friends that uh, anyone could have. We would never, ever, ever do that to each other until... Kayla gets mad that Missouri is lost and RJ wants to take something out on someone for Tennessee losing. And I don't know, someone mentions Jim Bayheim to me again and I lose my temper and I fly off the handle. We would never do that. We would never do any of those <laughs> things. We are all well-measured, logical, uh, thought-out people with nothing but reasonable takes here on BetQLU, which I'm sure we will have more of next weekend as well. And we will be into the thick of it because next weekend we will be moving from the first round in towards the sweet 16 and we'll do this all over again take you through the world of college basketball here on betqlu thanks friends it's been fun uh it, alongside kayla Kinner, rj choppy gotta thank everybody involved for keeping us in line this weekend as the further we get into the season the deeper it gets the more off the rails we get the more fun we have We'll have more fun again next weekend. Don't forget to subscribe inside your Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get it delivered as soon as it's ready every single weekend. And listen live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network, the next edition of BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL network presented by BetMGM.